Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Well, good morning. We have, uh, we've been in a, a series for these last couple weeks uh, called Under the Stars, and the foundation of this series is that often we, we look at God and uh, we don't realize it, but we have a, a small view of God. We've compared it uh, to looking at the vast, expansive night sky and seeing the stars or, or looking at the sky and, and looking at it through the skylight in a bedroom. Sometimes we're seeing a picture of God and we think that, that we fathom who God is and what he's capable of, but, but sometimes we're just seeing a, a small, small picture of that. And so the, the goal of this series uh, has been to, to just say, let's remove barriers, let's remove boundaries. And let's look and, and, and just sit out under the stars and, and see who God is. And so we're talking through attributes and, and aspects of God's character. Uh, we've used this phrase, maybe you'll remember it. We said, in religion, you obey God because he's useful. But in Christianity, you obey God because he's beautiful. And so we don't want to ever let ourselves get caught up or stuck in our relationship with God and, and just say that we're, we're pursuing God or choosing him because he seems like a pretty good idea or because he makes the most sense. But we want to, we want to just sit back and see his greatness and see his beauty and be drawn in. And so the goal of this series is to, uh, to overwhelm and amaze you and, and myself and remind us really who God is. And so uh, as we have been doing that, we've been uh, just, just sitting back and talking about different aspects. This week I was, uh, I was telling someone just some of the things that, that God is doing at our church and uh, they, were, they were asking me all kinds of questions about our church and they said, what do, uh, what do, what do people wear at your church? What, what, what's it kind of like? And I was telling them it's kind of casual and they said, so uh, do people wear suits? And I was like, not, not too often. And they're like, what do you wear? And I started telling them what I wear. And, and they said, uh, you, you, uh, you really like shoes, don't you? And I said, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I kind of like, kind of like shoes. And I started telling them about shoes and, uh, and they said, uh, what do the people in your church think of that? And I was like, well, actually, some of the people in our church bought me a lot of my shoes. It just keeps happening, and I'm not complaining about it. And so we were talking about blessings, and we were talking about things uh, God does, and uh, I shared with them a story. Some of you know that um, I'm too cheap to have any good hobbies, and so one of my hobbies has been putting people on blind dates uh, and in, in, just basically uh, putting myself in the middle of people's love lives that I probably shouldn't be in, but I, I just like to, when I meet someone, I'm kind of like, hey, have you met them? And so uh, I, I've had a chance to do that a few times, and uh, one of the neat things that has come out of that, uh, some of the, the people that I've introduced have gotten married, uh, have, have blessed me and done some cool stuff. And so uh, the, the first person that I ever set up uh, to be married, we had a running joke. He said, hey, if you can find me a wife, I'll, uh, I'll buy you an iPad. And so you guys can see this right here and know that that was someone uh, who, who blessed me. And not, not so, I thought it was a joke and it actually happened and I didn't give the iPad back. So uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. And so uh, my friend Adam was able to, uh, to bless me in that way. I have a friend, uh, Ron, who's a basketball coach, and you guys know that sometimes teams are sponsored in things, and so uh, these, uh, these shoes I'm wearing right here, they're nothing too flashy. They're a pair of uh, Air Jordan 1s, but he, uh, when, I, when I first uh, was hanging out with him, he, one day, he, I actually thought he was messing with me. He's like, hey, do you know anybody that wears a size 12 in Nike? That would be like asking me, like, do you know a good-looking redhead, right? Like, I was just like, yes, I, yes, I do. I do know, you know. So he, he said, do you know anyone that wears a size 12 in Nike? And I kind of went like, right, you know, like, I actually thought, I thought it was like this, this joke. And, and he's like, do you? And I was like, 
yeah, yeah, I do, I do. And he's like, oh yeah, somebody gave me a bunch of these shoes and I'm never gonna wear them. He's like one of those guys that just wears like running shoes and freeze. He's like, would, would you want some of these shoes? And I was like, yes, I think I could take care of that and help you out, right? So, um, and, and he, he wanted to do that. And so he gave me, he gave me these shoes and that was cool. Uh, some of you know that I introduced uh, my sister-in-law to her husband, he's in the music industry, and so uh, over the last couple of years, that's been cool as he's been able to, uh, you know, honestly just get us some tickets and get us into concerts that maybe I wouldn't be at or we too cheap to be at, right? And so uh, he's been able to, uh, to bless us in that way. And so someone asked me one time, they're like, do you, do you put people on blind dates or do you introduce people to their spouses uh, so that they will buy you stuff? And uh, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I, I do not do that. I didn't ever think that that could result in some concert tickets or some shoes or a really nice iPad that my whole family loves so much. But uh, I, I did that because uh, when, when, I, uh, when I set people up on blind dates or when I, when I meet people, usually there's this weird moment of inspiration where I'm just like, I love that person and I love that person and I want them to love each other. I want them to be happy together, right? And so I promise you when I say that it's not this weird selfish thing, it's just that I want people uh, to to be happy together. And uh, someone asked me also one time, um, they said, well then are these guys just getting you gifts because they think like they have to? Like, well, he's my brother-in-law now, so I better keep him happy and I can't speak uh, for these other guys, but I like to think that, that they love me too, right? That they're not just doing this out of obligation, that they're not just tolerating me, but they're like, hey, I appreciate what he did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something nice for him. And so uh, in some way, they've been able to, to choose to, to bless me and, and take care of me. And uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about blessings. Now, we're talking about blessings that are that are way 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 more important than a, a little iPad or or some Jordans all right so i hope that that didn't seem like this flashy american thing to mention because i think most of you have shoes and iPads or computers so not that big of a deal but the blessings we want to talk about this morning are blessings that flow from the character of god blessings that will define and let us know and have a glimpse of who he is and so we want to do that uh, this morning and so i want to ask you to turn to genesis chapter 49 if you've got a bible we're going to be looking at a passage today if you don't have a Bible with you, there's probably one under your chair, in front of your chair, somewhere right around you there. If you start looking, there's a Bible. Uh, it's a New Living Translation, a pretty easy to read translation. And I want you to know that if you don't have a copy of God's Word, we want you to take that Bible home with you today. Uh, we know and, and we see often and trust the power of God's Word. And so we would love for you to have that at home to read and to study. But we want to look at a passage in Genesis chapter 49. It's on page uh, 42, actually, in that Bible, page 42. And you guys know, many of you know, that the book of Genesis is kind of the foundational book of the Bible. It's where we see God creating the world. It's where we see God doing so many things and setting up his covenant with Israel. And we see a lot going on with this man that many of you know named Abraham and on to Isaac and on to Jacob and Esau. And uh, this passage that we're going to look at today, Genesis chapter 49, verses 22 to 26, uh, it's in this passage. Uh, basically, this man, Jacob, he's talking to his sons right before he dies, and he's talking to the lineage of, of the nation of Israel, what will become uh, you and I, the, our spiritual heritage in the family of God. And so he's kind of uh, speaking into their lives. And so we want to read verses 22 to 26. Now you may be tempted as we read these verses to think like, I'm not sure what that's saying, but I promise we're going uh, to have it make sense. We're going to talk about this as we talk about blessings and, and exactly what that has to do uh, with God's character this morning. So let me read this for us. Genesis chapter 49, verses 22 to 26. It says this. Joseph is the foal of a wild donkey, the foal of a wild donkey at a spring, one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him. 
but his bow remained taut and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. May the God of your father help you. May the almighty bless you with the blessings of the heavens above and blessings of the watery depths below and blessings of the breasts and womb. May your fatherly blessings, may my fatherly blessings on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph who is a prince among his brothers. So some of you know the story of Joseph. Some of you know that for a moment he was sold into slavery. He was kidnapped away from his brothers. They all reunited and they were in Egypt and they went on to become the nation of Israel. And so out of those brothers, there were some different groups. They're kind of, uh, there's tribes, there's different groups in this nation. And so his dad, uh, Jacob, is speaking into each one of these nations, speaking into what would be their future. He's kind of giving you a historical recap and also prophesying into the future. And as we look at what he's speaking into his son, Joseph, this is, this is a blessing that is full. I realize that this is probably not how you and I speak today in modern day Columbus, right? We, uh, we didn't say last night that, uh, that Urban Meyer was uh, somehow the, the foal of a donkey or anything, right? That's not like this, this compliment, but we were pretty pumped about what happened, right? But, so this, this isn't what we say, but I want you to know that this passage is a, is a very full blessing. And what Jacob says to Joseph, it's, it's history, it's prophecy, but his father is, is reminding him of some of the difficulties that have been in his life, some of the things that he has overcome, the temptations that he has walked through, and he's complimenting him, and he's complimenting what God has done in him, and he's saying, your faith did not fail. He's saying that you were, you were strong, God made you strong, you resisted these temptations, you were able to bear these afflictions, and, and that comes from God, it comes from the grace that he's poured into to your life, and God's grace in your life has been enough, it's been sufficient, it's been everything. And so he's referring to Joseph as the the shepherd of Israel. It's said that in many ways, as he was blessed and he brought his family to Egypt, that he was able to care for his family, that he was able to care for his father. And it calls him the stone of Israel, the foundation, the strong support. And in this and in many other ways, Joseph was a a remarkable type of of good shepherd for his family. He was a cornerstone and he he was building God's church. And so these blessings that are promised to him and to his family that are spoken to his life. They're, they're typical of these vast and these everlasting blessings which come to the, the spiritual seed of Christ. And so these things that are spoken into him, that are spoken about him, these things are being spoken to you and I as his spiritual lineage in the family of God. And so what can we get from this blessing as we're, as we're looking at this and as we're getting going today? Well, I want you to know that, that we are the spiritual lineage and heritage of this, this man that's being spoken about right here. And so this, this history and this prophecy tells of blessings that are available and that, that are blessing you and I in Christ. Uh, we, we've talked about a lot of different character aspects of God, and there's, there's one that I, I want you to know today. I want you to, to rest and, and know this, that our God, the God of the universe, is a God of, of blessings. God is the source of all blessings. So that's going to be our, our big idea, something that we're going to camp on for this morning. And, and I think sometimes when we, when we nail things down to a big idea, sometimes it's so simple that we're kind of like, well, yeah, duh. I want you to know that, that sometimes we, we forget that. Sometimes we take a statement like that for granted. God, by his nature, by definition, by his character, is the source of all blessings. 
And we would look at that and we would say, yeah, I knew that. And yet there's sometimes that we're denying his character or denying associating blessings that are from him to coming from him. So God is the source of all blessings. And I want you to, to know one of the other things that we can take out of this passage from his character, that God is El Shaddai. God is El Shaddai. That means that God is all sufficient. It means that God is all bountiful and the, the source of all blessings. You can see how we've kind of heightened that commitment there. First, we just said God is the source of all blessings. Now we're saying he's all sufficient. He's all bountiful. He is the source of everything. And so for God to be God, by definition, we have to admit that everything is from him and by him and for him and out of him. And God is the source of all of those things. And so any blessing, any goodness, anything you know in your life is from God. God is the source of all blessings. So what kind of blessings does he lavish? Because if he's the source, then he is the blessing. And for us to look at the blessings and see the blessings will tell us about his character and will tell us about exactly who he is and, and what he is in our lives. And so I want you to know that God is, is goodness. God is goodness because he is good. I want to read this passage to you here out of Psalm 119. You can look there. You can just follow along. It says this in Psalm 119.65. You have done many good things for me, Lord. Just as you promised, I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies, but in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. My suffering was good for me. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. If we were to go around and say, how many people know that God is good? I think everyone in here could probably put their hand up. And I think most of us could identify with a passage like that where the author of that psalm is saying, I went through some bad times. I went through some times that weren't great, some things I'm not proud of, some things I wouldn't want to retrace, some things I wouldn't want to go through again, and some things that I don't want to repeat and don't want to talk about. But I learned one thing from that period of my life, from that phase of my life, from the things that God has brought me through. I've learned that God is good. And when God is disciplining us or getting our attention or turning our life or turning our heart, He's showing us his goodness. He's reminding us of his goodness. And this author is proclaiming that God is the source of all blessings. And one of those blessings is God's goodness. Because God is good. Another one here that I want to point us to. God is comfort because he is a, a comforter. This is one of my favorite passages in scripture as we talk about things that, that God has brought us through. Things that God has walked through us with. This is 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Sometimes we wonder, why did God bring me through something? Or why did God allow me to go through that? Why, why do I have divorce in my family history? Why do I have addiction in my family history? Why did it take me 10 years to go through college? Why have I been in and out of employment? Why has this happened? Why did God allow that to happen? Why does my story not feel like it's as smooth and as gentle as someone else's story? Why is this in my past? Or this? Or this? Or why is this currently in my life? Why is this stressing me out? Why 
does this give me anxiety? And I think this passage tells us so well. Because when we're going through things that we wouldn't choose, when we're going through things that we don't, we don't want, God comforts us. And we feel his comfort and we know his comfort and we trust his comfort. And as God comforts us, we can turn around and then, and then show that same comfort to the world around us. Why is divorce in your family history? Because God is going to put people in your path and in your life who are going through similar situations. And you can say, here's how I saw God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's comfort in a similar situation in my life. Why has God walked with you through a, through a, a time of unemployment? Because God's going to put people in your path who are going through similar things and you're going to be able to say, you know what? This is how God walked with me through that time period. This is how God was faithful to me. This is how God showed himself. This is how God met the needs of my family. This is how God was good. This is how God moved and this is how God worked. God is the source of comfort in our time of need so that we can turn around and show that same comfort to others. But our God is comfort and our God is a comforter to us. God is good. God is a comfort. God is grace because he is gracious. Ephesians 1, 5 to 8 says this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. We've gone through things that that we don't like. We've experienced things that we didn't want to be a part of our story. We've felt far from God. We've felt alone. We've felt abandoned. We've felt hopeless. And yet God pursued us and walked beside us and loved us. And when he didn't have to, when we had chosen our own way, when we had walked away, when we had turned our back on him, when we were far from him, God said, those are my children and I want them to be my children. And so he went, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, out of grace, not because we deserved it, not because he said, you know what, they're, they're, they're pretty good people. I'm going to give them another chance. Nothing in us deserved his grace. And yet he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And as this passage says, Jesus came and as he gave his life, he was a sacrifice for our sins. When he died on the cross, his blood paid the price and forgave our sins, closing the gap between us and God. And so because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he was able to defeat sin and death and give us life and give us access to God the Father and give us relationship to God the Father, relationship with a God that we were created in the image of to know and to feel his love. And now we can know and feel his love again and the story comes full circle and we are redeemed and that is all because our God is full of grace. Nothing in our lives or in our story or in our character deserved that sacrifice. Nothing about us was worth sending a son for and yet he did it. And that gift, that sacrifice was sufficient and was enough. God is good, God is a comfort, God is grace, God is victory. God is victory because he is our, van, our banner of victory. And you'll see a, a passage there, I'm sorry, a word there, Jehovah Nissi. These are some words that you'll see throughout the Old Testament said about God to describe his character. And 1 Corinthians 15 says this. 
Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just that God is good. It's not just that he comforts us. It's not just that he was nice and sent his son, but but by sending his son, he gives us victory over the things that have taken our hope. He gives us victory over the things that have stolen our joy. And he gives us victory over the things that have separated us from God. And so one of the many blessings that God shows us is that because he is victorious, we are victorious when we choose to give our lives to him and live our lives in him. So many things that we could say. Here's another passage from Exodus chapter 17, verses eight to 15. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nissi, which means the Lord is my banner. As God gives us victory, as we're aware of his character and who he is, and we know that he's helping us overcome things in life, that he's holding us up like that example, that he's put people around us in the body of Christ to to hold us up as he has surrounded us and made us better and given us victory. It's our job to be a banner to the world and let the world know that God is the reason for our victory. God is, is mercy because he is merciful. This is a passage out of Deuteronomy. It says this, but from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. In the distant future, when you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. So as we've been talking about the character of God this morning, I know that there are people that think like, well, yeah, but God doesn't love me that way. Or I've ruined my chances with God. Or I've run out of chances. Or I've tried to connect with God and it's just never worked. And I want you to know that God has said, I'm here, I'm waiting, my arms are open. And he's going to shower us with mercy. He tells us that. But it's our job to pursue him, to turn to him, and to, to look for him, to search for him, to open our hearts and our lives and say, Lord, I need you and I want you. God is all of these things. And the final thing that I want to say today is that God is love. 1 John 4 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. 
God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our very own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So God has showered us with blessings. God has shown us many different aspects of his character and the ways that he chooses to bless us and reveal himself to us. God has showered us with grace and showered us with mercy and covered us in blessings and shown us his love and called us to his love and made a way for us to know his love and experience love and be in relationship with his love. He's opened the door for us to know and trust and rest in his love and in his character. And I want you to know that every good thing that you and I experience Everything that we know and see and trust, every good thing that we experience is flowing from the character of God. Because these are, these are glimpses that we see of his character and he's allowing us to see his character and experience his character and everything in this world that is good, everything that we see and experience and know and touch and feel and taste, everything that is good is God revealing himself to us and showing us blessings. These last couple weeks, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about the fact that God is just. We've talked about the fact that that God is holy. We've talked about the fact that God is a creator. And when we see his creation, we can see him. And today, we have a chance to talk about God being the source of blessings. I want to read a a quote to you that I read a a couple of weeks ago and and something that I I want to to just focus us on. It, It was this. Revival is this concept of people turning back to God, being serious about their relationship with God. Revival can be the first time that someone turns to God and and realizes their need for God, or it can be the 100th time. Sometimes those of you that have, have lived life and been around a while know that sometimes we need reminded of who God is and reminded of why we're following him and reminded to keep our attention on him. And so this quote says this, revival is when our obedience to God matches our understanding of him. So it's great that we did this series under the stars and we've said we, we're not going to tell people what to think because we think when we see the character of God, when we see his character, when we look at aspects of, of who he is and attributes of who he is, that the, the application just takes care of itself. And so it's great that we took a few weeks and we said God is holy, God is just, God is creator, God is the source of blessings. But those sentences and all the sub bullet points and all of the big ideas and all of the passages, I want you to know that they're just this. They're just, they're just knowledge. They're, they're just facts. 
And if our obedience doesn't match our knowledge, our awareness, the things that we're learning and seeing, if our obedience doesn't respond to that and doesn't match that, it's worthless. It's nothing. And so as we close up this series, I want to ask you today, what is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to change? What do you need to be obedient to? How have you ignored injustice and thus not really represented your just God? How have you not lived out that God is a creative creator? How have you stifled that in your own life and not wanted to represent that? How have you neglected or not lived out God's holiness? Or more specifically on this topic today, how have you ignored the blessings that God has put in your life? How have you turned your back on the blessings that God has put in your life? Is there a blessing in your life right now that you haven't wanted to admit it's from God? Because you've been mad at God for a while. He doesn't do good things because he, he did that other thing back in college. And, and it's, never, it's never really been the same after that. And so you, you've neglected to, to admit that God is the one showering you with blessings. Just a couple of questions. What blessings has God been pouring out on you that you have refused to acknowledge or at least refused to acknowledge that they came from him? Another one, do you believe that God is a God who is good and wants to give good? When our obedience and our response to God matches our knowledge, we're ready to be dangerous for him. We're ready to see revival. We're ready to be the church that he's called us to be. And that means that all of us need to be honest with ourselves and and who we are and where we're at and, and say, am I responding to God in the way that he's talking to me? I think for, for some people in that room, they've never really responded to God's blessings and God's goodness. We've said it in a few different ways today that we're, we're lonely and we're, we're separated from God, but he sent his son Jesus so that we could know him and we could rest in his love. I believe there's probably people in this room who have, who have never recognized the sacrifice and, and the life of Jesus being given for you. I, I believe there's people in this room that have, have never fully said, I, I, I trust Jesus with my life. I want to live my life for him. I want to follow him. And I think that may be the obedience that God is calling you to today. For others, it, it could be something completely different. It could be something so much more, but maybe you've been denying a blessing, denying God's character, denying an aspect of him and not admitting the things that he's calling you to. How is God asking you to respond to his character, to respond to who he is today, to respond to his blessings? And how can you be obedient to him? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your character and I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the ways that you reveal yourself to us, that you show yourself to us and the ways that we can celebrate and see that you are moving and you are good and you are gracious and you are love and you are just. God, I pray that that we will be a church that is marked by our obedience and marked by our response to your goodness. God, my prayer is, is that if there's someone in this room who, who for the first time or maybe for, for the first time in a long time is realizing that you are love, that you are good, that you've been blessing them, that you've been, you've been talking to them, you've been ministering to them, and, and you've been saying, come back to me, Lord. I pray that they will respond with obedience. I pray that they will respond with humility, and I pray that they'll, they'll just turn toward you and, and walk toward you. Maybe for the first time in a long time, talk to you today, Lord. God, help us to be marked not just by our knowledge, but by our obedience and our response 
to how good you are. And so we give you that today, Lord. I pray that we'll just be able to sit back under the stars and and see you for all that you are and who you are and live for you. Thanks for your word. Thanks for the way you teach us and talk to us. Thanks for the chance to to just be together and and worship today and, and be your church and respond to your goodness. It's in your name I pray, amen.